1: theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening and welcome back to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas and we are here once again with the magnanimous, I think that's a word, Greg. I think that's a word. Gregory I.G. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? How are you? Darian, did you, up, did you know there was a time in life where we used to hang out in person Oh, man, I remember that. That was way back in two thousand and nine, or something like oh, that, right? <laughs> I haven't. I have, I've just been looking. I've, man, I've seen you on screen for the last, I guess, two I years now. I haven't seen you in person <laughs> in such a long time, man. Right? a <laughs> minute. It's, it. it's been a while, which is which is weird, man. I haven't been in New Orleans in almost two years. It definitely, it's been about a year, over a year and a half, man. Which is which is wild to think about. But let's, let's get into tonight's show, man, because we got somebody super special tonight. The one and only Marvin Sewell. And and y'all might have heard him playing with the greatest of the greats. Let's see who we're we'll going to start with. Uh, y'all might have heard of this guy called Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter, you know. Uh, uh, who else, Greg? Who else he got? We got uh, Cassandra Wilson. I, yep. I read Jack DeJunet. Whoa. Charles Lloyd. Come on. Now. I mean, it's like, I,
2: I was kind of going down the list and I was like, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty amazing uh, to have a resume like that on top of the fact that this gentleman is an incredible, incredible solo artist himself. Absolutely. So we're very blessed to have him here on the, the podcast and, and share some of his experiences and uh, perspective with us.
0: Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and welcome the one and only Marvin Soul to the Working Artist Project. What's up, Marvin? You there? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? What's up?
1: No, I'm good. Hey, man. Hey, hey. Let me. You good. Let, let me. Let me. Uh, give a little quick editor's note. So, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So none of these got. I'm cursing already. My Chicago. <laughs> no, so that's cool. No, you. It's cool. So none of these people would would talk stuff. Like uh, the in the resume where I said that I played with Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter. I did, uh-huh. I did. I did. I I I did performances with them. I didn't play in a band, but I played with them. I okay. played stage and did a big Joni Mitchell project. So, oh just wow. Just in case some oh, some asshole come up, oh, you didn't play with him. <laughs> you know, blah blah blah. You know, that's all. That's all. I'm just. <laughs> but hey, you know,
0: I can tell you one thing: the, the the guy or the woman saying that you didn't play with him definitely didn't play with him. So you was on the stage. Yeah, and you exactly. With him, right? yeah. Like... yeah. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, 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 you know, you could list anyone on that list, and and after hearing you play, I would be, I would totally believe it, never question it. However, when I see like a little twenty two year old around, it says like I play with Herbie Hancock, Sting, and and whoever, I'm like, really? <laughs> hey,
0: playing at playing at jazz camp with somebody don't count. So let's let that out. But yeah, Marvin. So I, I want to jump right into you into into your vibe and. I kind of want to start in Chicago but maybe not at the beginning but but just how you came to to your sound and and I and I, I'm assuming that came from Chicago because it's it's so unique and that's where you're
1: from. Yeah, um how I came into my sound. Um one like I used to just read a lot about what For instance, a lot of what a lot of jazz musicians would say and stuff. And and that was one quote that I'm more more or less describing the philosophy. There was one quote that I heard Freddie Hubbard. I believe Freddie Hubbard said it. He said, hey, you know, I take a little bit or he either said I take a little bit or I can't play like, you know, Dizzy or Louie or Clifford and stuff. He said, "I take a little bit of all of them and put myself in it, and mm. I, and 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 I used to. I th- I was amazed at how a lot of these, a lot of the musicians, a lot of the greats, no matter you know what genre of music, you know, you can I could, like I can I could I could always tell between even some, I can always tell between Donald Byrd." I can tell the difference between Donald Byrd and Clifford Brown. You know, I can tell between the difference between somebody like Booker Little or Blue Mitchell or, or the difference between somebody like Sonny Stitt or Sonny Chris, you know. So, I mean, I say, man, all of these cats, you know, I can, you know, I can, I, I, you know, I can, they were distinctive, like, you know, Wayne Shorter. you hear him immediately, or Coltrane, or Byrd, or... You know, Lester Young, Coleman Hawkins, those cats, or, you know, the blues cats, uh, you know, Robert Nighthawk or um, uh, Albert King, B.B. King, you know, Mass Lipstop, you know, all of those. So I I assume that that's what what you were supposed to do. You know, you know, that's that that was part of the tradition
2: mm-hmm.
1: in moving the music forward is, is to have your is to take all those influences. And uh, absorb them and, and, and get in, and get into that sound, but you have to de- develop your own type of uh, um, your own voice and stuff. I, it wasn't but I didn't it wasn't I would like to say it wasn't sort of necessarily a conscious thing. Like, I, I'm, I wasn't, like, saying, man, I'm going to have my own voice, man, and this is what I'm going to do, you know? What I mean? <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't like that. I just took, like, I would, I would take, like, excerpts from, like, some solos. I would learn, learn, like, some lines, and then I would, I would reinterpret it and phrase it the way, I would phrase it like them, and then I would phrase it another way and sort of, like, flip stuff around and. So man, how how would would it sound if I do it like this and 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 does it does that sound good for me and you know is that is that uh is that cool for me and I you know and I like it when I do it like this and not like this. What about if I phrase it like that? But but it wasn't I wasn't like consciously thinking, man, I'm gonna develop my own sound and this is and this is how I'm gonna do it, you know and you know so it. I just kept the whole thing in my in my mind that you know you have to have your own voice and stuff. You know, um I mean, one thing I would say and then I I I I'll chill. I used to learn a lot of transcribed solos. Mm-hmm. And at a point I felt like after learning all those solos, I mean it was good for the for the technique and good for the knowledge of of not not just what they were doing, but why they were doing it and then a how. But after a while, it felt like I, you know, it felt like I was just imitating. So I had to like take what they, take what they did and apply it to how I, you know, how I, how I would do it and come up with my own lines and start taking their lines and sort of doing little variations on it and, you know, adding, adding stuff to it. So. Right.
2: You know it's interesting I, I, after hearing you say that I can I can imagine you playing the exact same line as 10 other guitar players but still you having your your, your own unique voice with with the same notes. Um so I, I was maybe wondering if you'd be able to speak to some of your 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 influences on the guitar and and maybe how again like I I love the humility that you have in in describing um the way you play too cuz cuz you have such a unique sound and and, uh, it's interesting to hear, um, how you think about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as influences on guitar, you've got another four hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, um, my earlier, when I first started playing the, the main cast that I was listening to were Ernie Isley, uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, guys in my neighborhood that played, you know, um, this guitar player named Bay, another guy named um Clifford Jenkins, another guitar player named York, another guitar player named Burt Mayo, but that this is Chicago, but I tell you, let me tell you like people that you guys would know about. Like it was Ernie Isley, you know, um Hendrix, Al McKay, from Earth, Wind, and Fire, Ray Parker Jr., Wawa uh, Watson, you know the the Lee Rittenauer, Larry Carlton, Jay Draden, Steve Lukather, that type of thing. Because at that a certain point, I kind of wanted to be a studio musician, and then when I started getting into more into jazz, it became And even before jazz, George Benson, because by that time when I was growing up, George Benson was commercially popular. And I used to reason that record out war out. (laughs) To me, that is one of the best guitar records of all time. Just. I mean, he's he's doing all the riffing and stuff, but musically. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it was then, you know, when I got into jazz, it was as far as guitar, George Benson, Tau Follow, Jimmy Rainey. I love me some Jimmy Rainey, uh Jimmy Rainey, um Charlie Christian, uh Django Reinhardt. I listened to Django, but I but not as much as like some of the other other cats, uh Barney Castle, Howard Roberts, um Damn, I'm. I, I don't want to forget it. Forget anybody, but it was. It was. It was. It. it were people. Those uh, artists. Um, uh, some Grant Green, um, it, it uh, you know, Pat Martino. You know, those type of cats for for guitar. Um, Dennis Buttermere, Um, he's more of a California. He used to play with Chico Freeman. I mean, I'm sorry, oh, Chico wow. Hamilton.
0: Chico Hamilton. Okay.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. There was so many. Yeah, you know, Freddie Green. You know, I actually, you know, I'm telling my age. I actually, I saw, I saw Freddie Green with the Count Basie Orchestra when I was a teenager. Oh, you wow. know, yeah, and uh, you know, Cleveland Eaton was playing bass. You know, um, yeah, a it's, lot of.
2: Is is it is it is it true that he never took a solo?
1: Man, I actually have a record somewhere in my CD files where uh, Freddie Green is soloing.
2: Wow. Oh, with the, with with Basie?
1: Not with Basie. It's a small group. Oh, wow. And oh, okay. and, it, and he it. I'm gonna have to look it up because this this had gotten this record years ago, and his his sound was very similar to his approach was kind of very similar to like Charlie Christian, you know? And then, you know, also the other guitar influences would, you know, came from like a lot of blues cats too. And then a lot of, and then later on into like folk music, you know, you know, I, you know, big influence in, in the blues guitar for me was Robert Nighthawk, you know, um, It's man. There's so many. Uh, Big Bill Bronzy, Muddy Waters, uh, Hubert Sumlin, the God. As far as I'm concerned, Hubert Sumlin. um, Yeah, you know, folk music. I I was in the cats like. uh, um, I love like cats like Leo Kaki. You know, a lot of the English folk guitars, Burt Janis. You know, I mean, it's you know, lot lot stuff like that. You know, and yeah, like yeah. I said earlier, like Ray Parker Jr., Wawa Watson. I was whole, totally into you know the whole rhythm guitar thing and stuff. You know, so it, it's it it it, it kind of spanned the, the, the you know the the gamut and stuff. And as well as people like Alan Holdsworth, you know. And when I first heard Alan Holdsworth, I was like blown away. You know, Alan Holdsworth, Al Demiola. I didn't even realize that. When I think, when I first heard Al Demiola, I didn't, I thought they speeded up the tape. I said, how is he he playing that fast? I think the first tune I heard of Al Demiola is this tune, Race With The Devil On The Spanish Highway, you know, off his Uh elegant gypsy record and stuff. I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? You know, so it was like a whole gamut, you know, like I used to love, like, like American rock bands like Kansas. Man, I love that yeah. group. Woo! You know, like, you know, like the Midwest rock, Midwestern rock bands. <laughs> they used to, they used to be nice. killing it and stuff, you know. So all of so it, it kind of ran the gamut and stuff. You know, we, you know, in, in the in our you know a, a neighborhood and amongst like some of the musicians, that you know, people listen to some of everything.
0: Yeah. You just gave us a whole history of guitar just now, man. I, I mm-hmm. you know, me and Greg over here taking notes. So we're going to have something to listen to for the next 30 years, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's, <laughs> it's really
2: it's 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 like fascinating too with the guitar cuz like there's such a vast history yeah. of music that spans in like so many genres and time and and everything. It's just Absolutely. It's it's
0: really amazing. Yeah. 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 The guitar the, the car is funky cuz it can just really fit into anything and be killing you know no matter what the it's like genres don't really matter for guitar like it does for other instruments you know what i mean mm, mm. and i i i, I want to talk about your time like when you first got to new york and you started playing with a famous drummer <laughs> and i want you to tell us about that like how does that even happen you was in a grocery store you ran into him what happened <laughs> oh Okay, uh how does one get that gig with Jack D? Everybody wanted a gig with Jack D and you got it. What you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I was simply at home minding my own business. That's what I was doing. I, <laughs> basically, that's what look, I, I tell you I, I told this story yesterday. What hap- what happened is that I came to New I moved to New York in the early nineties. You know, I, I You know, you gig around, people recommend you for stuff and things like that. I got recommended to play on this gig with a vibraphonist named Cecilia Smith. Okay. And the drummer uh, was Gene Gene Jackson. Oh, shit. And the bass player was Lonnie Plaxico. Wow. Like, I knew who Lonnie was. It's because Lonnie uh, used to teach a friend of mine in Chicago. We're both from Chicago and I, you know, but I had really, I never met Lonnie in Chicago. I met Lonnie in New York. So I go to the rehearsal and I'm learning the music and I'm playing and Lonnie is asking me questions and stuff like, you know, Hey, can you know, cause Lonnie get is very, um, you know, interested in like, you know, guitar and bass technique and how to express yourself and do all different stuff. He said, hey, man, can you do this? I said, yeah. How do you do this? I said, I just do it like this and blah, blah, blah. And he was like looking at me. He like said, man, how come I don't know you? <laughs> and I said, I don't, I don't know, you know. I don't know. You know what? I said, I know who you are and stuff, you know, because you, you know, taught my friend and stuff, you know, and I saw you with Art Blakey in Chicago and 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 all of that. So, you know, I mean, you know, so we did a few gigs together. And, you know, it it, it was cool and stuff, you know, we do kits and stuff, and it was, it was nice. And then one time I was at home and I knew that he played with, you know, he 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 he's he was a jazz messenger, you know, and and yeah. and you know, we played with cats like Dexter Gordon and and all sorts of folks. And, and, and you know, he was playing with Jack DeJohnette's group. I didn't, you know, I just didn't, I didn't think anything of it and stuff, you know, I mean, you know, you know, I love Jack, but he, it wasn't, it, it, I wasn't thinking I want the gig with Jack, you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and what, what happened was that I'm at, I'm at, like I said, I was at home one evening and I get a call and, and it's Lonnie and Lonnie said, Hey Marvin, Jack is looking for a guitar player. I said, "Oh, cool." (laughs) 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 I I mean, so it's like, yeah, all right, cool. I want you to do the gig. You can, man. You can do this. You can do this. I was like, I said, man, you know, and I I got, I got like, almost like couldn't breathe. (gasps) Hey, Jack, internet. I mean. I don't know, man. No, he said, no, you can do this. You can do this. I'm I'm gonna give you. I, I you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call him and then I'm gonna give you his number and you call him and and y'all and y'all gonna talk and stuff like this. I was like, No, oh, man. I, I said, man, I can't do that, man. He said, No, you can do this and stuff like that. I said, No, I said, I said, okay. I said, okay, so he gave me his number, and I, I called, you know, and I said, is this Jack? I, you know, I might have said something, is this Jack DeJunet <laughs> and stuff, you know, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marvin Sewell, and, uh, you know, Lonnie gave me your number and, you know, and stuff like that. And Jack was like, yeah, man. You know, I, you know, he was like, because he didn't know who I was and stuff. He said, yeah, you know, uh, you know, look, man, I'll call you back. I said, okay. And then I called Lonnie back. He said, yeah, he said he had called me back. I said, cool. He said, okay. And actually, I was kind of relieved. It's because I said, man, I hope he don't call me back. I don't, you know, it's because, yeah, right. you know, I ain't, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know and stuff, you know, you know, I've been out here, but I've, you know, I've been out here playing and stuff, you know, it wasn't that. Right. I wasn't confident, but at the same time, it just got me nervous and stuff. I was like, oh, that, what? <laughs> Who? And so. So about a half an hour to an hour passed by. Lonnie calls me up. He said, did Jack call you yet? I said, no. All right, hold on. Hung up the phone. <laughs> and I guess he called up Jack. And, and then Jack finally called me. He, You know, and Jack was like saying, well, you know, man, um, I'm, I'm looking for a guitar player, you know, to play with Special Edition and doing this and that, you know, blah, blah. You know, you know, I, you know, why don't you send me, you know, you know, this is when cassettes were still, you know, had properly okay. said, man, send me a cassette of what you plan. You know, this is my address, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and send me a, a set of what you plan and, and we'll see, and, you know, maybe you can get an audition because it was an audition. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like as if Lonnie called me and he recommended me and Jack said, okay, you in the group. It wasn't like that. It right. was, it was just, it was just this was just for me to get an audition. So that's that's what it was. So wow. A year before that, I did get Gary Thomas's phone number and I called him and I asked Gary, I say, Man, I, you know, I love your plan. And I was wondering if I can send you a tape of what I what I'm doing and stuff, you know, if you ever interested, maybe wanting to use. A guitar player, me as a guitar player. He said, "Sure, send me send me something." So he sent me as, so I sent him something. But I had never heard back from him, you know. Uh Never heard, never heard from him anything. So one time, we what I, I don't remember. I mean, so long ago, but what made Jack interested in hearing me is was Gary, because what Mm -hmm. happened. Jack had got on the phone with Gary and they were talking and he and, you know, and he and Jack mentioned, well, Lonnie recommended this guitar player that he know, you know, his name is Marvin Sewell. And Gary said, Oh yeah, you should check him out. He's good. I, you know, cause he had a tape. He said, you should, you should check him out. That's when Jack became wow. interested. That wow. yeah, that sparked his interest and stuff. and then he called me with a look bit more excitement. He said, "Yeah, you know, so <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah." Gary said that you know he he liked your playing and stuff, you know. So I'm you know, I want to you know, and I think he had heard me. I think by that time he might have heard the the stuff that I had sent him on cassette tape. And he said, man, it sounds good. You know, it was like he was the tape of me playing with uh, my good friend, Jorge Silvestre, alto saxophonist and composer. And, I, you know, I played in his group, you know, and still play with Jorge today. I mean, you know, and um, he was like saying, yeah, you know, Gary said he really liked your playing. So, you know, we, you know, I'm going to send you a, a bunch of music to learn. And, you know, you just be ready for it for the audition and stuff. You know, you come up, we'll, we'll play, you know, it, you know, and and that's basically, you know, what happened. And, and, and to be brief, when I went to the audition, it was me, Gary and Lonnie, just a trio, wow. you know, Mike Kane, piano player, great composer. He wasn't there. And, and, and Gary Thomas, he wasn't there. It was just a trio. So I forget what rehearsal studio it was. It probably don't exist anymore. So there was another guitar player that they auditioned. So they, they were in there playing and doing their thing because I think he auditioned a few cats and stuff, you know, checked out a few cats or heard some cats. You know, some people gave recommendations to Jack. So I walk up in the room and it's Jack DeJunet, you know, and I'd never seen him in person and I'm nervous. Hey man, Jack, you know, I'm, I'm nervous and stuff and, you know, I was putting my uh, input jacks in the wrong places and stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, you know, nervous and trying to, you know, it's like, you know, it's because I'm, you know, these, these, like, these, like, jazz greats, they were, got I mean, they're gods at, at that, I mean, they still are, I mean, gods to me, man, you know, to, 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 to you know, to see somebody like, jack in person or joe henderson in person or dexter gordon in person it was like it was like i, I was just shocked you know it's like oh damn it's dexter gordon you know stuff like that so right. I, I that it made me nervous and stuff and we played like a tune or two and i was i was just to you know excuse my language kids but i was just fucking up i was fucking up <laughs> I, I was i was like nervous and stuff and and I, I remember because I kind of looked over at Lonnie and Lonnie had this look like, man, "You man, you're going to come in here and fuck this shit up, man. I reckon it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was that kind of look. I don't know if he even remembered. You know, but he had that look on his face like, man. You know, but after a while, we started playing stuff and I just got more relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. and started more relaxed and just started playing and just started getting into what, Jack and Lonnie were doing, and started getting into the music and say, yeah, okay, you know, I, you know, just you know, just got into it and say, hey man, just play, man, don't don't worry about who he is and stuff like that, and just play and you know, and Jack probably made me feel a lot more comfortable. He said, okay, let's go over this and you know, let's do this, you know, and then you know, Lonnie would ask, tell he say, hey hey, hey Marvin, play some of that rhythm guitar stuff, man. Let Jack, you know, so you know, Jack and you know, know that that, that I can you know, do other, you know, styles of music. So I did some of that stuff and he seemed pretty, you know, I thought audition, I mean, audition, he seemed pretty cool. And one time I was in Harlem, I was in Harlem. I went on a payphone to check my answering machine and Lonnie said, Hey man, <laughs> Lonnie left a message. He said, Hey man, call me, give me a call when you, when you get a chance. So I called him up. He said, man, I think you got the gig. I said, what do you mean? He said, Jack don't want to hear anybody else. He thinks that you the, the he, man, he loves the way you play, man. He is, that's all he's talking about is you. Wow. That's all he's talking <laughs> about you. And, and that's he, and man, he, and you know, he, it was like, he said, man, he, because Lonnie's from Chicago, Jack is from Chicago and I'm from Chicago. And he said, Jack also is as, as an added thing. He's like the fact that you're from Chicago. Right. You know. So, so that's basically how I wind up hooking. You know, getting that gig. You know, it's just like I mean, it was like it was a little controversial because I got I got vibed a lot. You know, on um, really? yeah, I got vibed a lot it's because some people felt like you know, oh, this kid just got in town. How he hmm. how he get the gig? I, I mean, I I've, I've had cats like coming off the stage and cat look at me yeah, man, such and such and such and such and blah, blah, blah. How did you get the gig? Wow. And I was like, I said, (laughs) man, I auditioned like everybody else and stuff, you know. And, you know, so it it was kind of, it was those times, I mean, it was, I mean, for me, at least and stuff, you know, it was a little, it was, um, I was happy to have that. I was happy to be on that and to share the stage with, 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 with Gary, Jack, Lonnie and Mike. But at the same time, it was like some other energy that I had to kind of block out and stuff. It's because, you know, it was like, you know, yeah, I think that was the, 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 the running, the running thing, you know, he just got in town and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, that, you know, not, I'm not, I hope I don't sound like I'm, you know, bitter or anything, but there, you know, it's, it's stuff. It was like, There was, I mean, there were like rumors and stuff. He said, you know, a friend of mine said, yeah, man, this cat told me that, that, that he used to be your roommate in Spain and you couldn't even tune your guitar. I, you know, (laughs) what? (laughs) and and, and, and it was, it was like some strange shit because I had, you know, I'm, I'm like a, like a real, at that time I was sort of like a city kid that. Lived in lived in the neighborhood, and and hardly going outside of my neighborhood in Chicago. So I had I right. at that time I had never flew to Europe. Oh wow! I would never been to Europe, and there was this rumor <laughs> that I lived in Spain with a roommate, and <laughs> I didn't even know how to tune my guitar. <laughs> I was like, God damn, man! You know, so I said, oh, Okay, man. cool, man. You know.
2: That's how you know you made it. <laughs> you know, it, it
1: was funny. <laughs>
2: I've never even been to Spain. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I,
1: would, I, I had to laugh at that. You know, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you
0: know. Oh, man, um, that's classic. Man, that's,
2: that's, that's such a beautiful story. Uh, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, you, you kind of, you, you mentioned a couple of things about maybe kind of getting nervous when you had the opportunity to first talk to Jack DeJunet. And um, also, again, like, on the back end of it, kind of the pressure you got from other people, um, just for having such a high profile gig. I was wondering if you could speak on like preparation for, because I guess I guess as musicians, we don't know when we're going to get the call, we don't know who is going to call us, and so we always have to be prepared for the unknown on some level. And I was wondering if you could speak on 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 how one could prepare for getting called by. You know, Herbie Hancock or or any of the cats who have called you over the years.
1: Uh, well, on one tip, the fact that they called you probably means that you doing something that they did. Mm-hmm. That you've done some work or whatever to to to, to prepare you for prepare for you that moment. I mean, I would say that you know. As far as you know, a more uh, tangible thing is to learn. Is to learn. They is to learn that person's that artist's music as much as you can, and and uh, to learn it inside out. You're not gonna necessarily have it down like the back of your hand. And the reason why I say that is because. It's because it's almost like it's it's a different thing. When you practicing at home, that's one thing. And you know, you, you look like sometimes I'm here practicing at home. I'm playing with, you know, trying to play in time and stuff. And I'm playing all sorts of stuff. You get on that stage, man, it's a different ball game. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what i you, you know what I mean? It's because you have to you yeah. you you you're playing with people, you're playing with other people and you're playing right. with people, other people's different time field. And stuff and you and you and you're not uh I think uh Lonnie had told me this it's like when you practicing at home, you playing on your terms. When you out in this field, you playing on everybody's terms. You you have to deal, there's a lot of elements you have to deal with. So so but I, I think the, the best thing to do is try to prepare for if you're, if it's a particular gig to prepare for that and learn the music as much as you can, but if but you never know who's going to call you anyway. So I think it's just important to just try to, uh, to try to better yourself at being who you are and what you want to work on and what you want to hone in on and say, Hey, like, you know, I got to, you know, I really need to work on this finger picking thing, or I really need to get my phrasing together, you know, or, you know, that's some technical stuff, but there's also you preparing yourself to sound excuse me, to sound more like you. So it's not just also a, a craft thing. It's also an artistry thing too, you know, for, and, and also preparing yourself for, um, a particular big gig. One way to do that is to play with other people and stuff. You know, sometimes, you know, you, know, you, you, you play with, you play some gigs that, you know, uh, that may, maybe some local gigs and stuff, you know, to get you, you know, warmed up or experiment. Like I used to, like, I, I would do gigs and stuff and in, in where people uh, didn't necessarily want slide guitar, but I would bring it anyway. And when I played it, if they liked it, they say, man, bring that guitar and stuff. So it forced me to prepare to get my slide guitar out, work on, you know, playing the chords and knowing where I'm at different keys and intonation and, and damping techniques and stuff like that. You know, so you just have to put your, kind of put, find ways to put yourself out there to, um, you know, to challenge yourself. You know, I hope I answered your question. I don't, I don't, you know.
2: Yeah, totally. And just out of curiosity, I mean, you know, how did you deal with all the, the bullshit, like that was floating around, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff, the, the, the chatter around you?
1: Uh, sometimes I dealt with it just by blocking it out. And sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes I got a little bit pissed off about it and, 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 you know, a little, and a little cynical, but, um, but at the same time, the, the thing I realized what I had to do is because, you know, I mean, that's going to be chatter about anything you do you know, and the, the thing you do is to immerse yourself in the music and do and do what you do and stuff, you know, I mean, you you know, what, you know, I mean, what the hell I'm going to do? Say, oh, man, you know, maybe I shouldn't do the gig because, you know, this guy is better than me and I, you know, I'm a nice guy and shit, you know, like, fuck that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so I'm sorry that I'm not, you know, I'm not Chicago-ness is, is coming out, but but you know you you just have to you you have to uh maintain it's even like with with you know you know it's just like i guess i think monk said that you have to stick to your guns you know yeah you know do do you and do and do you and do what you do cuz nobody's going to do you better than you as long as you doing you mm-hmm. you know so you know people can talk all they want to and stuff you don't know, let them you know I mean, it's not that it's not that it's not that easy either. You know, it's because you're always fighting against. I mean, you're always fighting against yourself, trying to like. You know, some people, a lot of people out here, fight against themselves, like having self doubt about their own abilities and stuff. And and I heard this one brother like say, he said, "Look, there's a reason nine times out of the ten that the position that you're in is because." you work for it and you earn it own it.
0: Mm, I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that came from this guy named, uh, Dr. Hassan, Hassan Johnson. It's not me, but when he said it, I was like, damn, he said, own it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. That's, that's some beautiful advice, man. I think yeah. as, 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 cre- as creatives, a lot of times we get in our own way. Exactly. You know, yeah. We can be kind of, we can just defeat ourselves before we play the first note, even though we here for a reason, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Matt, <clears throat> Marvin, why don't we go ahead and um, take a listen to your work since everybody's uh, on the edge of their seats. and They want to hear what you can do. So I'm going to go ahead and play this next tune. And this is one I think that we all know. My dream of love is coming true within this day. Bro, that was killing man
1: oh yeah really <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that, that I, I would amazing. have done a few different things I, I, you know I, man sometimes uh, i'll like, say oh damn what was what was it uh, anyway sorry let me quit deprecating <laughs> stuff you know okay we
0: just talked about this marvin <laughs> yeah
1: i know <laughs>
2: <laughs> but 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 yeah, that, man. That shit's hard though to practice, though. It's just it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's look for any young person out there. One of the hardest things to do in life is
0: listen to yourself. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it's man. I, I saw that video, and and for me and Greg, you know, I I, I you like learned to play music by watching people like Hurling and, and Cassandra's is from Jackson, where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. So from I don't know. And so, you know, like all of those people on stage were, were my idols and, you know, so it was including you. Oh, thank so you. It, it's kind of sp- special for me to see to see that, you know, with J-Bat on piano, it's like, wow, man, mm-hmm. that's that's crazy, man. So you you play with Cassandra for, I think, nine years?
1: Ooh, I played with was Cassandra, it? they're like different periods, like um, first time okay, yeah, that's well, okay, because that's a lot of the other details. But I started touring with Cassandra in 90, 1996. I toured wow. with her from 1996 to 2000, to late 2002. And then I left for two years, came back in 2004, like uh, the winter 2004. And stayed with her until about 2012. Then wow. I was gone for another five years. <laughs> and then um <laughs> I started playing with her again from
0: 2017. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I was her musical director for for, if you want to total it, I was her musical director for. Maybe about uh, what eight, nine, eight, nine, 10, 11, probably a total of about five years, maybe.
0: Wow. Yeah. So everybody, I see, I see why everybody hated you, man. You got to New York in 95, right? 95 somewhere. Actually, there.
1: 1990, yeah.
0: 1990. You got the gig with Jack. And then, then you get the gig with Cassandra, win some Grammys, all of this. That's why everybody hated you, man. This is crazy. You cheated, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, but, you know, that, you know, that was, you know, playing with Cassandra was, uh, was a great thing, and it was no easy feat getting in that band. You know? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah plan- playing with her was uh but getting in that band was no uh uh easy feat uh you know when I was recommended to do the tour with her and I had played like previous perform gigs with her and stuff like one offs and stuff um we had to learn you know i had to learn a whole bunch of whole bunch of the music and and I got to a rehearsal and I didn't have my stuff together. Oh, wow. I, I didn't have it together. It's because I kind of underestimated the complexity of the music, you know, not underestimate. Mm. I just wasn't prepared. And, mm. uh, you know, at that time, uh, Lonnie was the musical director and he said, man, if Cassandra was here, you wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have made it do. Wow. <laughs> so, You know, it's like said, man, you need to you need to go back and work on you need to go back and learn these tunes and stuff. So, you know, I went home and, you know, worked on some stuff, came back to him. We were playing. He said, man, your shit still ain't together, dude. He said you. No. Yeah, I mean, he, he would like stop me every two measures. And stuff, it was wow. kind of like that and stuff. And to the point where I said, man, I can't stand this dude, you know? So, but, <laughs> but he, he was like being a friend, you know, he, you know, he told me the truth and, and he, he, he likes, he said something that, he said something that triggered me in a, in a positive way. And he almost like said it in past. He said, man, why don't you just write this stuff out, man? Hmm. And I like went home and I said, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to write it. I'm going to, everything I hear, I'm going to write it out. When I did that, I got, my head got so much into the music that I, I, I didn't even need the music. It, 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 it became, the music kind of got into me. And stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because I had to go yeah. back and make sure this rhythm was right, make sure this note was right and stuff like that. Was this the right guitar tuning and stuff like that? Was this an open string? Can I do this? I had gotten so much from just writing it out and just slow learning that by the time I got to that next rehearsal, I was like sorry. Because I I wow. I knew I knew every nook and cranny. I mean, not that it was perfect, but I I knew the music, I knew the forms, I knew everything. It was just a matter for me to get on a gig and to really, like, uh, uh, refine what I had right. learned and stuff, you know. So so it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it, but, you know, it kind of wasn't like a kind of a, yeah, man, she called me for the gig and I was on there and I was cool, you know, we did it and shit. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it was not like that. You know, people, Yeah. a lot of people, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe because, you know, you, you know, you're you working with a singer, they think, oh, you know, gig is easy, man, you know, it's just, you no know, chord changes and stuff. You can't, like with Cassandra's music, you can't think, you can't play her music in terms of chord changes. You, you You're not you're not going to have a, a a chord chart and be able to right you have to immerse yourself in it especially in well anything that's conceptual a chord a chord chart with b b flat 7th and d minor 7th it's not going to tell you what you need to know <laughs> don't mean that. yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it will i had to i had to immerse myself you know really into that into in, into her world and stuff, right. you know. So, right. yeah.
2: And I love the point that you made too. It's like again, even even someone who's a, an incredible musician like yourself, you still have to put the time in to learn the music.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> just what yeah, it is. You, you have to. You know, you always um, have to be prepared and stuff. And just like I said, with 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 if you're dealing with an artist who has sort of a, a conceptual thing going on. Like I said, a, a chord, especially with guitar, when you're dealing with different guitar tunings and like finger picking and sounds and textural stuff, mm-hmm. B flat seven is not going to tell you anything. Right. You, you, you'll get, yeah. the, okay, that's the chord, but...
0: Right, right. That's <laughs> not the music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you play the right chord.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot of times, you know, it's it's like that. Uh, with, with, with vocalists more so because when you play with a horn player, they give you all the information. Mm-hmm. And, and not to say that the vocalists don't give you all the information, but there's more of a vibe and an energy. Like even when we're playing with Brianna Thomas, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, 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 a, it's, it's like you just conceptual. It's like, what vibe is this? Because you can't write it down. Right. You have to form it. You have to form, form the H song as a band and then internalize it and re- and try to remember it and to and then deliver it, which is very difficult to do
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah mm-hmm. it is and and um and at the same time you're you're doing that, but you also being in particularly when you're working with a singer, you're being an accompanist right, and you're trying to do that <laughs> and and then, like with the case with cassandra you you also expected to, you know, to put your own creativity into it. You know, playing with Cassandra, she don't, she just don't want you to accompany her. She want you to throw some ideas at her so she can respond to you. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, um, you know, sit back and play and, and and stuff like that, and just, you know,
2: B flat seven,
1: right? B flat seven. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, if if I played the same solo every night, she' gonna catch that, and she' gonna, you gonna, you know. I couldn't go on yeah, go on so. stage and play the same solo every night. She, I, I can safely say Cassandra would rather see me take chances and really just mess up some stuff than play the same solo every night. I guarantee. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Hey, man, we, we running out of time, Marvin. Oh, okay. <laughs> but look, if, before we go, I do want to uh give you an opportunity to sell to people where they can they can connect with you online if you got some merch you want them to buy cds or whatever whatever you got happening oh,
1: <laughs> yeah i need i need to work on that i, I mean I, I have an instagram account i think it's Guitar. you know I'm, I'm i'm trying to get better at like posting stuff and you know things like that i have a um I still have one. I still have my one and only recorded record as a solo album, uh, Marvin Sewell, the Marvin Sewell Group, the Workers Dance. But I am yeah. planning on recording more stuff. Uh, you know, I have a because I, I have a lot of tunes that I've, I've written over the years, and I'm, I'm I want to get those out and and do that. So, you know, so you know, be on the lookout for that, you know, yeah, as okay. soon as I get myself together,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, y'all go check. Y'all can at least go to his website. Check that out. Find him on Facebook and Instagram and uh, hit, hit Marvin in the DMs and let him know how how much you love him. And also ask him about that roommate in Spain because he just won't let it out and tell us the truth about it. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, when I heard that, though, uh, I I just had to start laughing. I was like, "Damn!" I said, "Okay, cool, you know, what the hell, man, you know."
2: That's how you know you made it when you start hear you start hearing rumors about yourself. You're like, "Damn, I did that!" <laughs> like, "Shit, I'm a bad motherfucker too." Damn, yeah, I know that.
1: Yeah, you know, teleported myself to Spain and stayed there for a while. Then you know, I, mean, I don't, you know, it was that that. That I have to laugh at, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, so. That
0: was great. Look, man, thank, thanks for coming on the Working Artist Project, man. We appreciate you, man. Oh,
1: well, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you all, uh, you know, having me as a guest. And, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Marvin,
2: thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. And, uh, and you have just such a uh, beautiful spirit and an incredible musicianship. And, and thank you for, for spending your time with us and, and
1: sharing, um, sharing. All oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me once again.
0: Awesome. All right. My name is Darian Douglas. I'm Gregory Ajid. And uh, this is The Working Artist Project. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.